Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Welcome everyone to the 8th edition of LA Blockchain Summit. My name is Jessica and I'm going to be your master of ceremony over the course of the next three days. Now here is what you can expect. You're going to experience 60 sessions, over 150 speakers and one virtual stage focused on nothing but blockchain technology. With that, let's jump straight in and starting off with today, we have Luna Crush with a look at the markets and following that, we'll have the producers of this great event. And finally, we'll meet with Bill Barheights, CEO and founder of the title sponsor. But first, let's get started with Luna Crush's Joe Vazani and John Fajo. Hello, everyone. Good morning and welcome to the 2021 LA Blockchain Summit. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. The price of Bitcoin is 63,894, 97, 9, 98, still going up. Uh, my name is Joe Vizani. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Lunar Crush. Today, I'm joined by my co-founder, head of product, head of marketing, head of all sorts of things at Lunar Crush, John Farjo. What's up, John? How are you doing, Joe? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Doing good, man. Uh, we're going to do a fun look back at 2021. So every week, John and I go live um, on Lunar Crush Live with passionate founders and builders from around the industry to talk shop and get to the bottom of this madness we call crypto. So today I thought it would be fun to make John my guest and tease out all of the epic insights that only another co-founder could. Uh, but first, like we do for each project on our live stream, we go live on Social Insights. So today, John's going to go through the market from a Social Insights perspective, take a quick look at some trends and how we roll up data across the industry for over 3,000 cryptocurrencies that we track that are trading today. So John, let's take a look at some Global Insights, influencers, and standout projects. Um, well, you know, what, what I thought I'd do today is I want to go over the last year. Um, where, where are we? You know, and, and I think, you know, it's one thing to say, like, let's look at the market right now and understand kind of what's happening. And that's, that's next to impossible to do because you need to have context and look at things over time. And one of the most exciting things I love seeing is just the growth of the community. Um, you know, crypto is all about that community and it's all about like, it only works if there is a community. And so what, we have here, if you can see my screen, um, we've got the last year of just the social volume. And, and that's just looking at the number of mentions across the crypto market, across all the coins, um, across everything we're collecting. And, you know, as we sat here, I think it was about a year ago, um, you know, we were saying, yeah, the market's going crazy because there's now 157,000 posts a day. Um, <laughs> and just to, but three days ago, we just hit an all time high collecting 2.14 million mentions a day and i think what's even it, it's super crazy um and it doesn't it's it's actually a, at an interesting point because it's not that it's just growing linear um it's really accelerating at a, at a bigger scale so pretty exciting but if you zoom out further you start to see the story um we had you know if, this is just the last two years of the same metric of looking at social mentions and we kind of sat in this kind of hundred thousand two hundred thousand kind of range typically um, and then we just really started to accelerate. Um, this is interesting to note as well. Wow, okay, chart chart move up, really cool, right? Um, what what's also interesting here is that the numbers are still not that big, believe it or not. I mean, if you're talking about two million social mentions a day, and no, this doesn't mean that everyone that owns a coin goes and tweets about it all day long. But as you kind of have this snowball um, that that keeps moving upwards, people have something to talk about as they start belonging to. Uh, you know, to, to a, a group of, of NFT holders or 
a specific coin, they sort of start to join these communities and they sort of start to talk about it. Um, and so I think what's really exciting is you can see that this move over the last like three months um, is accelerating. Um, and it's very, very interesting to, to see that, yes, it hit an all-time high prior to like Ethereum hitting an all-time high even. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, and I think another big point is not just, well, okay, so there's, there's, you know, the people that are really into crypto are talking more about it. Great. Um, that wouldn't be that healthy. That would be like, you know, uh, cool. Uh, but, but it's, it's also like, well, are we expanding out? Are we, are more and more people talking about crypto? And I think this is a really, really interesting chart because it shows just the number of people. Again, these are the people talking about it on social just keeps accelerating, just keeps going up. Um, and so it's super, super, super healthy. Um, and that's just, you know, for today, I think that's, that's what I'm going to share as far as this goes, Joe, but, uh, but uh, yeah, what, what else you got for me since you're interviewing me? I love it. I love it. I, I just want to start at the top though. Like just how much has the crypto community grown over the last year? Well, I mean, you know, if we're, we're talking about, there's 800,000 unique people talking about it each day. Right. And so when you look at that, um, still, these are small numbers. And I, a year ago we were saying these are small numbers. And so, uh, it's growing rapidly though. That's the big point to, to make out of all of this right now. Okay. And, and so it's like Elon, this Elon, that like institutional money is in Bitcoin. Now. Um, I think all things aside, the story of 2021 is it still has to be layer one, um, Ethereum competitors. And do you, do you think that this market exists today the way that it is? Um, if ETH gas fees scaled and these layer ones don't have this kind of priority one competitive advantage that they have with gas fees? So that's a, that's a tough question to answer, but I'll start by saying, you know, the, the ETH gas fee, the, I can't even, ETH, ETH gas, gas fees. I can't even say gas this morning. It's too early. Um, the gas fees wouldn't be high if there was an extraordinary demand, right? So um, you have to start there and you have to also say, you know, it's really easy. I, we see these people post screenshots of their MetaMask wallet going, look at these ridiculous gas fees. Again, that's because there's a lot of demand. Um, but, I, but I'd say, you know, it's not all bad because if you look at it, obviously there's ETH2 coming out. Um, obviously things are going to improve, but this creates an entire, entire new economy of other projects that are, I don't want to say taking advantage of, but really leveraging the fact that really it's this chart in front of us right here. They're leveraging the fact that really all tides are rising right now. Um, not a single other like main competitor, if you want to call them that, to Ethereum has gone down this year. Let's put it that way. Um, and if you look at that, um, I think it creates some interesting opportunities. I, I, I do have some of those, some of that data. So if you look at just Ethereum alone, it absolutely insane. Like it's completely impressive here. Like you're talking about something that went up a thousand percent as we have this conversation about gas fees being a problem. Um, went up a thousand percent, but not just at a small scale. It's $531.7 billion. Um, it's also in the middle of a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. And so again, still, I don't want to say Ethereum's early, but it's pretty early, uh, still after all of this. Um, and although the community only grown by 205% in terms of social posts, remember that's at a super high scale. That's at, that's like saying like, Hey, let's, let's get Apple to double again and Google to double again, it, it takes time. Um, and so I, I look at this like extremely healthy and talk about optimism going forward. Um, what an amazing next year ahead there is for Ethereum. 
but I do want to point out some of the other ones that you're saying where we've got, you know, Polygon taking advantage of the fact that, um, hey, we need cheaper transactions. We need faster block times. We need faster confirmation times. Um, and it's it's gone up almost 15,000% um, in a year. So you would have made 15,000% on your money almost. And again, this is not a tiny market cap. We're talking 12.87 billion and the community is really digging it, right? They're up 900, their, their engagement is up 920% meaning that every time that someone posts about Polygon, there's a whole ton of engagement going on in those posts. It's not like there's um, you know, people spamming and then there's a bunch of empty posts. These are really heavy. heavy. There's a lot of discussions going on um, led by the, the amazing team over at Polygon. So pretty exciting. Um, Solana, my goodness, um, up 14,330%, billion market cap. And its community is has gone absolutely crazy. You know, yeah. if I go back, if I go back to like, um, you know, the middle of this chart six months ago, I believe that was like there was like a hackathons and things like that, and and they were really investing in their ecosystem, and the the amount of DApps that are being built on Solana is just like amazing. Um, so this Great is NFT really ecosystem too, huge man. Yeah, um, really exciting. And so uh, this is. You know, and, and to say and one other point, too, is, you know, I, I think we look at things kind of siloed, like, hey, there's this Ethereum ecosystem. Oh, yeah, this is what's built on Polygon. This is what's built on Solana. And, and I think people tend to think of these as like isolated kind of buckets. And I think what's really happening, though, is there's this this overlap. There's liquidity being pushed around. There's, you know, there's bridges that are going on. There's wraps tokens. There's all sorts of different things. There's NFTs that are, you know, fundraising on one on one blockchain and then they're launching on another. And so I think what's happening is there's this, this really like kind of more like integrated approach versus I think some tend to look at these all as competitors in a sense. And I don't think that's what crypto is about. And, and I think we're going to see a lot more kind of overlapping of these chains as we move forward. Um, another one that's been absolutely phenomenal, um, you know, talk about amazing. They, you know, Terra's got UST, uh, you know, they've got, uh, what are the anchor protocol and all these amazing, yep. uh, applications built on top of it. Um, outstanding performance, 14,861%, uh, to a $17 billion market cap. But I mean, look, look a year ago, it was 28 cents, 28 cents. And those, those, uh, number of social posts that, that that's not a typo. There were two social posts on one day. <laughs> so you know, to go from two to 11,574 in a day, and it, it is absolutely accelerating. This is one that we keep uh, tracking uh, and we keep mentioning it because it keeps ranking really well on our site on Lunar Crash. And just to go, just uh, to go back real quick on, on like Ethereum and bridges. I mean, Terra has an, like they have a ton of liquidity on just Ethereum with UST and wrapped UST. Polygon with Matic has a billion in staking going on on Ethereum alone. It, it, they're prioritizing these bridges. They're prioritizing interoperability, and it looks like it's paying off in spades. Well, and in, and in theory, if the community keeps growing the way that it's growing, um, and I don't believe it's going to keep growing the way it's growing, I actually believe it's accelerating uh, across the board. And so if that's the case, as everyone scales, they're going to need to scale again and again and again. And they're going to need to work together to build applications because at the end of the day, it's about them working. It's not about what chain you're on. It's about providing benefit to the user um, and a seamless user experience. And you know, doing things like when people say that you know, um, you know, be your own bank. Well, that means it needs to work. It needs to work seamlessly, and everyone can use it. 
So um, I think it's really important to think through that. Like certain chains might have certain opportunities that others, you know, maybe don't have, or um, it's an opportunity to, to onboard more users into an yeah. application. So pretty exciting. Um, one more thing. I think this was the last one I just wanted to show. And there's so many other, I, mean, I just highlighted a few here, yeah. but uh, Cardano, uh, it's up 2000%, but again, that's at a huge market cap. Um, you know, we, we're, we're talking about it going from, what do we have here? Nine cents to 297 um, and then back just a little bit. And, and it's still right now at 62.58 billion. Um, its community has gone up over 600% this year in terms of number of posts. And I believe that's coming from even more individuals as well. So pretty exciting. I mean, this is like, you know, there's a lot of really cool things going on. And, and I think uh, it's not, it's not necessarily uh, slowing down at, in any manner. It's, you know, it's accelerating. So and, but what, what do you got for you, Joe? Yeah. What do you say to someone though? So you're, you know, it's, you're sitting around in the holidays and someone, you know, comes over that isn't into crypto and you're showing them 14,000% Polygon, 2000% Cardano. And they're like, John, this is just, this is fake. Like what's going on here? I mean, how do you explain that to someone that's new? Um, they were saying the same thing when Bitcoin was $295 and, and they're still saying it. Um, I was having discussions the same weekend, even about Bitcoin. The mainstream is still barely not even in Bitcoin. And so I, I think, I think, you know, people believe it once it's in front of them. And when it's in front of them, they miss the opportunity. Those are the people that buy at the top. Yeah. Okay. And I'd be amiss if I didn't ask. Um, but what do you say when someone tells you that NFTs are just stupid JPEGs? <laughs> um, it's, it's getting to the point where I feel bad for them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, um, Look, we've got entire businesses and brands that are being either onboarded into the NFT space um, or they're being built out of the NFT space. You know, I think if, if you're talking about like, you know, where this is going and, and you might just look at something visual and go, wow, that's neat. Well, that makes you love it. But what you're ignore what they're ignoring is the fact that there's an entirely new business model being built on top of these, you know, NFTs will provide access. They'll provide governance. They'll provide, you know, rights. Uh, they'll provide yield. Um, you can collateralize them coming up in the future here. Um, and so I think I think there's, you know, there's so much happening that it's so difficult to to make people understand at face value. Um, and I think it's just like kind of when you meet someone and you haven't talked to them before, you know, you might like the way they look or you might not. And then I think once you start to get to know them, it's kind of like, wait a minute, there's more to this. And, and I think that a lot of people just don't get it. They don't understand when they see that a, a crypto punk just sold for, I think there was a, a notice I saw last week about 500 and something million dollars. And we were joking, which government bought this? Yeah. And, you know, it, why did someone pay 500 million for a crypto punk? You have to ask that question. I've, I've seen some articles. It might have been, it might not have been 500 million, but we'll, we'll have to retouch on that. I, I do. So leading to the next question though, why, why are people paying millions of dollars? Cause there's a difference between, you know, Hey, I'm going to put $10,000 into this new market and I'm going to kind of test the waters. I mean, people are going full steam into this with money, you know, that, and I know there's a lot of money flowing around the industry that might not have anywhere else to go, but I mean, why put millions of dollars into some of these things and, and collection? Well, I'd say, you know, that, that phenomenon isn't really just limited to crypto punks. I'd probably also say, you know, I'd throw bored apes in there. I'd throw certain, uh, certain V friends, NFTs in there. Um, there's, there's a lot going on around this. 
And I think part of this comes down to status. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a status element to it. Um, you know, I, I, I remember it was the, the Met Gala and Alexis Ohanian had the pin with his wife, which was a, which was a, a crypto punk. And he was with his wife. That was outstanding. I loved it. And that's a, that's a statement. That's a statement. It's a statement that it's, it's part of pop culture. It's cool. Um, but at the same time, it's also very rare. Um, and it's, they're coveted. And, and so if, if there's enough people that want very few things, um, there you go. It doesn't stop. And, and I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of different reasons why this is an important thing, um, to consider. Um, and you could go back to any sort of collectible in history and you, you, you if, if you have a finite amount and a lot of people wanting them, it's the same thing that happens. So I, I think we're kind of getting that, that sort of snowball effect with the NFTs. And, and do you think we get to kind of this critical mass of utility with kind of rights and access with NFTs? before we see, you know, maybe some sort of pullback in that space with some of these collections, or are we going to see enough kind of new innovation on like the collections and the art side of it to kind of hold us through? Or do you think we see kind of like a, a goalie of, Hey, like these NFTs came out, like there's all these fun ones, but there's not enough utility yet, you know, from, I know we've talked to a lot of folks like on the B2B side doing like authentication of documents or are we going to, is it just going to go straight into that? Look, it, it, it depends. It, it's just like, it's just like if we're talking about coins, they're not all going to work. They're not all going to survive. Some people are going to, some people are going to launch JPEGs on a blockchain and call them NFTs and walk away and get a cash grab and walk away. Other people are going to build massive communities. They're going to build massive utility and, and they're going to have, you know, they're, they're going to be at a point where the, the community brings it to what you're talking about. It's not like, you know, two founders can sit down and go, yep, we're going to build this forever. And it's going to keep going and it's going to adopt all where nfts need to be I, I think it really revolves around the community and how much is that community growing um that's why i'll say we're we will be focusing a lot more on nfts in the future i'll just leave it at that social listening guy talking about community um so elon you know again you know it, it's like bitcoin you know we're we're back let's go back to may um you know we all think that we're going through like the super pump cycle um, you know, he starts kind of like throwing grenades over the fence and like maybe hopping on one every once in a while, but he went from a super bull to a bear, to a bull like, faster than the new roadster goes zero to 60. Like what, what is he thinking in that, in that cycle? And I mean, that's it, crazy impactful when I think it was him and Kathy Wood and Jack, you know, Jack's mm. you know, somewhere mm -hmm. probably in Costa Rica, like, you know, <laughs> look, why like that turned the entire market around at that one moment. I mean, what's he thinking during that process with all the other stuff that he's got going on? I, I mean, look, when you, when you, uh, when, when you understand what like Elon's thinking, let me know. <laughs> like, like, uh, I think he's having fun. I mean, look, if you're the richest person in the world, this is, this is his outlet and it's obvious because otherwise he would have just tweeted once and gone away. Um, he's, he knows what he's doing and, and, to do what? To do what? It, you know, other than I think him having fun and, and tweeting about Dogecoin and saying that they're going to launch a Doge rocket to the moon and all that stuff. I think this is this is interesting to him. And I think he likes the model. Um, I think there's also like, look, we just we live in we're, we're in our businesses in California. Right. And Tesla is moving out of California to Texas. And why is he doing that? Um, I think he probably has a distrust of government would be one of my one of my guesses. But I, man, I, I don't know. I, I just, I hope Tesla launches a phone. Um, 
you know, hooked into Starlink and all that. There's more than rumors about that thing happening. So I, I, I don't know, man. What, what, I'm going to ask you, what's your thoughts? What, what about Elon? Why do you think he comes in? He's kind of wishy-washy on Bitcoin, especially. Well, when you just said there, like he has a distrust in government, you know, and it's like, I don't, I probably don't know anyone that's probably closer to that, but also kind of on the outside and, and sees a lot. And I think you kind of hit this point when you're kind of a, almost like this, like global citizen that he probably feels like he has access to do kind of anything. And I think it might've been like a little kind of like a fake jab to like, Hey, we got to do a little bit better here. Um, Cause if mm -hmm. you look at kind of the mining situation that happened and everything kind of pulling out of, you know, certain parts of the world, that was actual, actually kind of a, a cleansing to a spot where it was like, Hey, we now have an awareness about this process. And I, you know, I, I know you remember it was like when clubhouse was still relevant, but um, everyone after that happened was popping into these clubhouse groups. And I was like, man, you don't throw a problem at the cryptocurrency industry and not think that it's not going to get solved instantaneously. It's some of the smartest people in the world reacting extremely fast. They know how to organize um, and they almost take it as like an offense, right? These are a lot of people that, you know, don't love to win. They hate to lose. And it's like Tom Brady. It's like, I don't want to go up against those people. And so, you know, I think maybe that was like almost like a challenge out to the industry and, and holy shit, they pivoted like crazy and, you know, look at where we are now and look at the communication that was happening. Look at Nick Carter, look at El Salvador, look at some of these, you know, Twitter spaces that were going on with 10 to 15,000 people. You don't see any other industries doing that at, at the drop of a dime. So, I thought it was extremely impressive. And so maybe maybe that is what he was thinking. But like you said, who knows? Maybe it's just an outlet and he was having fun. So I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, you know, that, you just brought up a really good point too. Like I, I was in that Mark Cuban uh, Twitter space a couple of weeks back where he was talking about, he was talking to a lot of Bitcoiners and having a, trying to have a discussion and it, it was pretty heated, but it was happening like, it was like 9.30 at night or something. And and it was like just huge. And, and I'm like, like everyone's just popping in. And you're right. You're right. Like there is no community like the crypto community anywhere. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So just a couple of minutes left. A couple more here. Um, top headline from 2021 that you knew was going to happen. So, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start by saying like I, I knew that that bankers would still be against Bitcoin. Like I, I still knew that uh, Jamie Dimon would still be calling Bitcoin worthless. Less. Um, I think you could pretty much guess that that would happen. Um I thought there would be a Bitcoin ETF, um, and I wasn't surprised about that at all. I didn't know that multiple would be going on. I didn't know that there would be multiple, and and now they're talking about other ETFs, and so that's that's fascinating to me. Um, but sort of knew about it. I think the other piece that seemed to be uh, falling into place. I think like Jack Dorsey said, there's there's nothing better that he should be working on in his life than than Bitcoin. Um, I think that you, you definitely saw that enterprise is going to move in. To, to crypto at the same time, I'm surprised it hasn't moved in even more. Um, you know, when you see Michael Saylor gobbling up all the coins, all the Bitcoins out there and Jack Dorsey way into Bitcoin, um, I'm surprised that we haven't seen so much more from the rest of, we'll call it the entire S&P 500, um, just getting into crypto. I think, I think half the problem is probably the people at these companies, this is all new to them. And for them to just like throw billions of dollars in is 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 scary it's it's not it's not uh straightforward enough yet and so i think uh i think we're going to see more of that but i'm 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 not surprised that enterprise is getting in it and i'm also surprised that there's not more yeah i think i think the landscape will shift as you know 
millennials start to get into their 40s and um, start to become the CEOs of some of these Fortune 500 companies, I think you're going to see a lot more money moving into Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so top headline from 2021 that you did not know or you did not expect to happen. So I'll start with a, sm a much smaller one. I, one of the things I was thinking about um, was that, you know, Robinhood. So Robinhood, to have so much of their revenue tied to crypto, that to me um, represented kind of a, a tipping point a little bit because we're talking about such a mainstream app with such a younger audience. And, and you know, to say, I, I think the number was 30% of their revenue at one point was tied to Dogecoin alone specifically. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, so we've got this mainstream app that so many people are using um, that like the lion's share at some point here is going to be all crypto, the revenue, if this keeps going and as they have more coins and all of that. So I think that that was really surprising to me that it was just that much that quick. Um, and I think the other piece that to me, that's just indisputable, um, El Salvador, like even, even though we were talking about um, countries accepting Bitcoin and, you know, really participating in this and in some way, like, in their treasury or whatever it may be, um, you know, you, you didn't have a scenario where it's, it's yes, it's legal tender. Um, it's El Salvador that's really handcuffed using the U.S. dollar already and has no control over money printing. It's not their currency, and it's not that they want to. They need to own something. And so I, I look at this as like Naib Bukele, their president, is just. I think he's going to go down as like a superhero in the history books. <laughs> Because I look, I think you could say it's controversial that a, a country should do this and that, but with where their economic standing is in the world, the, the whole world's going to help drag them up. And as the rest of the world, you know, doesn't they drag their feet on on adopting Bitcoin? Um, you end up you end up in a scenario where El Salvador was early, and so it, it it really brings their people up. I'm so excited for that whole country for all the people, um, and and really. Uh, to, to create such a statement for all the other countries in the world, like, like, Hey dude, you need to look at this and you need to look at it now. Um, it says so much. It says even more that they were tied to the U S dollar too. They, I mean, they still accept the dollar, but it's like fascinating. Honestly, I think this is, this is the story of the next decade, to be honest. Yeah. And I know a key insight there is you, you said they need to own something. Right. And I think it's, you know, thinking through that process is, you know, why they made the decision that they did. Okay, last question. We're running out of time. Um, Bitcoin is near all-time highs. Altcoins near all-time highs. NFT floor prices at all-time highs. New projects coming out every day. We get twenty, you know, applying every single day in all categories. Um, layer one projects launching multi-hundred-million-dollar mm -hmm. funds, larger than most VCs. Um, VCs also raising massive crypto funds. Governments adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. Fiat printing at unprecedented levels. I don't know if I missed anything, um, but what what happens next? Um, so if if we just look at the the kinds of things that people are are, are talking about, um, you know, with frequency, um, and we collect all that information. Um, if I just didn't give you my opinion and I said, what do we see? And what what we see is people are really talking about metaverses, and we were talking about this three to five months ago because we kept seeing people talk about metaverse more and more. And this is pre, I don't want to say the name of that social network that says that they're going to build a, um, a, a meta, meta, meta something, but it came from crypto, right? Like metaverses here, this whole thing. I mean, there are some successful projects going on here. I mean, 
look at Decentraland, look at look at Sandbox, um, look at Star Atlas, look at these these different things that are coming out there right now. Phenomenal. Uh, and the the level of quality that we're seeing is just huge. Um, and so that's a big one. Metaverses, I, I would expect that we'll be here a year from now talking a lot more about what happened over the last year with Metaverse. Um, and I'd say the other big thing that we we see a lot more of is social tokens. Um, you know, where individuals are tokenizing themselves. And if you look at that, I mean, we've gone through this this era of like YouTubers, right? And YouTubers and people are, have been monetizing through a really, really terrible ad model um, with lots of handcuffs by, by centralized corporations that have total say and ownership of your content, I should add. Um, and so I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see a shift more towards individuals tokenizing their their influence, their celebrity status, um, their, you know, their, their access to something that they do. Um, and I think it, it's kind of like social tokens combined with um, NFTs and utility um, is another piece that I think we're going to see a lot of. Um, and really, I think all of this together is really much more about, um, I guess you'd call it a, a decentralized social economy that's being built out. Um, and I think that's kind of the major thing that I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more of. Um, and, and the other piece, just, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that if, if we were here a year from now, um, and we, we're, we're, we're collecting 20 to 30 million posts today. Um, the, the level of mainstream adoption right now, I can't stress enough. It's happening. Um, it's early and those naysayers are missing out. Um, and you, the, the hardest part about those individuals not in is you, you can't explain it to them in one sitting. And I know we've all tried, um, but what you can do is tell them to go learn and um, to use all the tools out there that are at their disposal, most of which are free. Um, and, and they can kind of uh, paint a picture of what matters to them and figure out what makes sense for them. But, uh, but what an exciting space we're in. And this was a, a whole heck of a lot of fun. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, man. No, you hit the nail on the head as usual. Appreciate it, everyone. Thank you for listening. Lunarcrush.com. Let's hand it off to Alan, Joseph, Tim, and Co. And whoever else is coming after us. Thank you so much.